comic book versions of the Twilight Zone have existed almost as long as the show itself. In 1961, Dell Publishing produced the first Twilight Zone comics, but that was only quite a short run until they created a new imprint called Gold Key. Now the Gold Key issues are probably the most common, the most famous Twilight Zone comics out there. Now if you look them up online, if you go to eBay where they're always changing hands, you will see that these issues had beautiful painted covers, very worthy of being works of art in themselves, you know. The problem I found with those issues, and I have read several, is that they are very simplistic. They are comics from another time that don't necessarily translate well to this time. And I mean no disrespect to the creators of that time, but I think what comics are and what comics can do have moved on to a degree. You know, the timeless nature of the Twilight Zone show hasn't particularly translated to those comics. But some people think there's a lot of charm there, which fair enough, you know, if you enjoy them, that's great. But I think comics are different now. You know, they have grown up to a degree. They are more sophisticated. And I think people have woken up to the power of that medium. Now that Gold Key series went on until 1979, so there was a quite a long run of those that went on past the, uh, the death of the show. I may one day put together an episode looking at the history of Twilight Zone comics. I think that might be quite an interesting thing to do because the Gold Key comics weren't the last Twilight Zone comics. There were several more since then, I think the the publishing writer probably bounced around to a few different people and different companies have all had their stab at a Twilight Zone comic. I also have several of those issues and some are more successful than others and that's always going to be the thing, you know, to make a story Twilight Zone isn't just telling a story, you know, there's got to be a particular spin on it. Every time I do a Twilight Zone podcast, you know, I look at what makes that story a Twilight Zone story because there was a particular flavour there, a particular way of telling a story that was different from the likes of The Outer Limits. So the litmus test of what is successful in other mediums is often, does it feel like The Twilight Zone? Does it feel like that original show? And if it's different from that original show, does it justify that difference? You know, is it a smart update to the Twilight Zone? Now, I have said in the past that I think the hardest thing that anyone is ever going to have to do is do another Twilight Zone television series or film because you're doing it in the same or similar medium to the original show. That original show that we love so much that everything else comes from. Now, Twilight Zone Radio, I think, does great stuff. And we are a bit more accepting of it because it's not quite the same medium as the television version. There are several Twilight Zone books over the years, anthologies of short stories. Some are more successful than others. But again, we probably are a bit more forgiving of those because... They are in a different medium and we don't miss Rod Serling standing there in front of us, introducing us to the episode. Now a couple of years ago, 
I heard about a new Twilight Zone comic book coming from a company called Dynamite, Dynamite Comics. So I thought, great, you know, I will check them out. Never really got round to it. The podcast schedule was quite sporadic in those days, not as regular as it has been lately. So I never really got round to it, but the other day I thought, you know, I'm going to check those out because there was one thing that particularly made me want to check these out and that was the writer these twilight zone comics were written by j michael straczynski now he is a writer of some note he's done a lot of work in comics his spider-man run particularly is very well thought of he's the creator of babylon 5 the tv show which which has a really big fan base all of its own he's written screenplays i know he had some involvement in the marvel movie thor but apart from all that in the 80s version of the twilight zone in season three he wrote several of those episodes and i believe he was story editor too so he came to that show in the third season now the interesting thing about the third season is it was made to boost up the episode count they cut the budget and it was like okay we need to go into syndication so let's boost up the episode count by getting the team together and just creating this last season now the interesting thing about the last season is that i think in a lot of ways there's a consistency there that was lacking in the first two it's clearly a cheaper looking season but I mean, those first two seasons were all over the place. There's a bit more of a a level field with the third one, and some of the stories I do enjoy quite a bit. Now, since then, J. Michael Straczynski's powers as a writer have only increased. They've only gotten better. So the prospect of him doing a Twilight Zone comic, what better choice is there, you know? And we talk about who can replace Rod Serling. Well, here's a guy who did however many seasons of Babylon 5. I'm sure there were other writers involved, but he was the main creative force and probably wrote a huge chunk of those episodes himself. So there are parallels there, and I think he seemed to be a good fit. So like I said, I've bought the first collection of the J. Michael Straczynski Twilight Zones. Now the comic is structured in a particular way. He wrote 12 issues and... They are separated out into three four-part, four-issue story arcs. Each of the three story arcs written by Straczynski have been collected into three volumes. So we have volume one, which is called The Way Out, volume two, which is called The Way In, and volume three, which is called The Way Back. Now, here's the interesting thing. I see the Twilight Zone kind of like a multiverse, you know? If you think of the iconic image of the starry black sky with the doorways in it, you go through one doorway, you're in third from the sun. You go through another doorway, you're in time enough at last. You go through another doorway, you're in walking distance. You know, these are stories with no connective tissue between them. Even when the Twilight Zone repeats characters like the devil or death, It's not the same devil, or it's not the same death. And I'm also reminded of Buck Houghton's comment about each Twilight Zone story only getting kind of one stab at whatever strange occurrence was in it. So, for example, you wouldn't have someone 
from Earth traveling through time and then landing on a different planet. You know, there was only one element of magic in that story, one element of the unexplained in that story. So going back to Straczynski's version of the Twilight Zone in these comics, what's interesting is obviously the first collection is one story, but collection two is another story that happens on the periphery of that one. You know, it crosses over in certain ways. Part three is the same, crosses over in other ways. So instead of these being completely unrelated like the TV show, there is an element of connectivity there. What's also interesting is that, obviously, there's a serial nature to comic book storytelling unless it's a one-shot. So the first collection is four issues about the same story. Will it really hold together as Twilight Zone? That's going to be the question in this more serialized way. You know, I have read people's opinions on the Twilight Zone that if they are going to do it again, they should set it in a world where the Twilight Zone is a thing that some people have knowledge of and it affects people in the one world in a particular way. So, you know, you would probably have a team, I don't know, scientists or whatever, investigating the Twilight Zone itself. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but it's an idea that I've read. You know, a few people haven't, so, you know, make up your own mind on that one. So what Straczynski's done is have that bit of connective tissue. Now, I know that I've talked here for probably about 10 or 15 minutes without actually getting to the comic book. So I bought the first collection, and based on that, I probably will buy collection two and three. I'll just go through a few pointers on it, because obviously when we talk about Twilight Zone episodes on the show, I spoil them because it's a 50-year-old show, but I don't want to talk about this because I think there are going to be people who haven't read it who want to read it, so I'm not going to spoil anything for you, which obviously makes my ability to review it limited to a degree. Now, the first thing I will note is that I think every time someone makes a Twilight Zone comic, they have to make the choice, well, do we have a narrator in it? Do we have a Rod Serling figure? Do we put Rod Serling himself in it? The Gold Key comics did back in the day, but that was when Rod Serling was still alive. So would it be in poor taste to have a comic book version of Rod Serling now? And I think they do probably the most tasteful thing they can. We need that introduction in the Twilight Zone. We need to have a voice introducing the story and closing out the story. So the way they tackle it in these issues is through boxes on the page, you know, speech boxes, and they are in sort of like a dark blue black color with white lettering on. And I'll just read out the first one. It says, the voice of common wisdom tells us that the age of miracles and magic is dead, that the edges of the world are finite, circumscribed, by a confluence of glass, concrete, and enlightened self-interest. It tells us that we journey from dust to dust through the bargain basement floor of a clockwork universe, utterly oblivious to our existence, and that in the end, we all stand alone. If someone could do a Rod Sailing impersonation, I could imagine them saying those words. There's a certain rhythm, certain use of language that I think this comic book 
recreates quite well. So the story itself is about a guy called Trevor. Now Trevor is a Wall Street guy, you know, quite timely I suppose because Wall Street people, bankers, that kind of thing are kind of public enemy number one at the moment. So it's quite a timely use of those characters. Now I always say the Twilight Zone is going to affect you in certain ways. It's either going to lift you up, it's either going to punish you for something what you've done, or it's just going to be a strange occurrence that's affecting you for no reason at all. Now I'm not going to label all Wall Street guys as bad guys, but this one is, you know, not particularly a nice person. And his business practice is particularly bad. He is, you know, moving money around in the way that only these bankers and Wall Street guys know how to do, you know. Putting things away, taking things away from people, putting it over in an offshore account, all that stuff that we know nothing about but these guys do and they use it to um to evade taxes and that kind of thing he's he's that kind of person you know and he has squirreled away a lot of money that he has taken from you know investors and so on but he's a smart guy and he knows that eventually this is going to catch up with him so so what he does is he goes to a company a company who can give him a new life bit more sophisticated than just getting him a new passport and somewhere else to live and a new set of papers. This is going to be a whole new life. They're going to change his face. They're going to change his fingerprints. There's going to be no trace of the man he was left. And when the law finally does catch up with him, he's going to be nowhere to be seen. So that's how the story goes in that first issue. And like I say, I don't really want to go further than that because... There's a couple of twists and turns along the way that I think you as a reader should discover for yourself. But the one at the end of the first issue is a beauty, you know, it really made me sit up and take notice. It is illustrated by an artist called Guiu Villanova, and I'm sure I've said that wrong and I apologise. But um, nice artwork, I think. Quite realistic in style, but obviously quite comic booky, you know, nice nice layouts beautifully colored and it, they do go for color they're not going periods with this like uh doing it in black and white or anything like that but i think it's a good looking book you know i'm no art critic but i've read comics for years and i do like the art in this book so the question is does the story work as a twilight zone story as a story in itself as an updated version of the Twilight Zone. And I'm happy to report that I think it does. Like I said before, the measure is always gonna be, does it feel like the Twilight Zone? Does it have that one trick per customer? Well, in this issue it does, but it does foreshadow that these other connected stories may have another trick for a different customer. But for this one, it's the story of Trevor and this change, this new life that he buys from this company and what the effect of that is. Now that's key to the Twilight Zone for me. It's not always about twists, you know. If we remember back to the original show, yes, there were a lot of twist endings, but it wasn't always the case. You know, a story like The Lonely wasn't a twist ending and it was still a great Twilight Zone story. It just needed to have that unique, brand of Twilight Zone strangeness. For this one, I think it works. We have this company who 
can change your face for you, change your life for you. We don't need to know their history. We don't need to know who they are. We don't need to know how they came to be. We just need to know what they can do. And then you drop that pebble into the pond and you watch the circles come out. And that's what the original Twilight Zone was about, just dropping that bit of strangeness into the life of an ordinary person. And I think that's where a lot of the new Twilight Zones have gone wrong. But but J. Michael Straczynski knows his Twilight Zone, and I think he knows that's what you need to do with a story. And it works. And I found it to be engrossing. I found it to be enjoyable. And I found it to be satisfying. And that's the main thing. By the end of it, I was like, that was a good story. Was it a good Twilight Zone story? I think so. There are elements throughout it where they don't particularly go anywhere because... I think they are the connective tissue between these other two story arcs. And you can kind of see where those parts are in it. So it does feel a bit different in a way. But we are in a different world now. And I think it was a brave thing to do to try and slightly tweak the formula of the Twilight Zone. Whether that works or not, I will let you know once I've read those other two parts. So not a particularly in-depth review of The Way Out, the first Twilight Zone collection, but I just wanted to give a couple of thoughts on what I thought of it, and I did enjoy it, I think it's really good, and I'm quite looking forward to parts two and three. I may do reviews of them, but I think it's more been an overview of this new comic, you know, whether it works or not, and it seems to be working, it seems to be working quite well. So whether there'll be enough in those other parts to justify doing a whole episode about them we'll cross that bridge when we come to it now like i said straczynski's run was just these three four-part story arcs so it was kind of like three miniseries if you will but from dynamite comics there is now a new ongoing series whether it takes the same form as straczynski's where they're kind of in the same universe connected in some small way i don't know but I have got those issues on the way as well, so I will check them out and report back to you on that one as well. But in the meantime, I think it's a recommend from me. I really enjoyed this, and I'm going to enjoy checking out Volumes 2 and 3 as well. So this was a little unplanned interlude. Next time we will be back to our regularly scheduled show, where we're going to be looking at Mr. Dingle the Strong, and I'll see you next time.